0: What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins, and calling in from Monticello, Indiana, is Nathan Planiga. Thanks for calling, Nate.
1: No problem, Brad. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, to all of our listeners, welcome to episode number 353. Tonight, we'll be talking about the unmade films of Quentin Tarantino. But first, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on AdventuresInVideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. Also, we are critics with attitude, which means sometimes we might say inappropriate things. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. And spoiler alert, I don't think we're going to be spoiling anything, Nate, but just in Shit. case, we are spoilers all the time. All right, Nate, let's start with a quote from Quentin Tarantino. He said, I'm really well-versed on a lot of directors' careers, you know? And when you look at those last five films when they were past it, when they are too old, and they're really just out of touch with times, you know? To me, it's all about my filmography. And I want to go out with a terrific filmography. Death Proof has got to be the worst movie I ever make. I do think one of those out of touch, old, limp, flaccid dick movies costs you three good movies as far as your rating is concerned. It's a grade point average. I think I risk failure every single time with the movies I do, and I haven't fallen into failure. Risking failure is not what I'm afraid of. Failing is what I'm afraid of. So, real quick, man, what's your thoughts on this quote and what's your thoughts on Tarantino retiring after his tenth film?
1: I'm okay with him retiring after his tenth film because I, I think I, I do think there's some there's some truth to that. If you look at directors like um, like I love Kevin Smith, you know, when his his earlier stuff is just I, I think it's it's great you know, because he has, you can tell he has a passion for what he's doing. And then lately you, you look at the, a lot of the things that he's done and it's just like, and I think I've even heard him say in interviews, you know, like, you know, why are you making this stuff? He's like, well, when I was young, I was like, I, ha- I had a drive for it. I was hungry for it. You know? And now it's just like, well, I mean, this is what I do. You know, I make I make movies, you know, I don't, I don't really, I guess I don't really fucking care. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I need a paycheck <laughs> and you know, I, I would hate, know I don't, I don't want to see anybody end up like that you know, certainly not Tarantino so I think if you have a roadmap going forward say look let's let's put some arbitrary number on it let's say 10 films I, I'm fine with that you know all right so we I might think, I think he has the right of it yeah like you want you want to go out on top in a sense
0: so we might disagree a little bit here um, I talked about this recently in an AV quickie um, you just brought up Kevin Smith I think two of Kevin Smith's best films in my opinion is Red State and um and tusk i love both those movies
1: no i agree with uh, yes i agree with you with red state and tusk
0: but i think sure. i think retiring at 10 is just a ridiculous number man like tarantino is such a rare director and one of my favorite directors by the way and i think he has so much more to give to cinema i mean there's so many tarantino movies that i want to see and uh, this being uh, too old to direct i think is just plain garbage man like george miller for an example you know george miller made fury road when he was like fucking 73 (laughs) okay and martin scorsese made wolf of wall street in his 70s man and those are great flicks man those are those are hard dick movies (laughs) all right at 70 man so i think uh if you still have a desire to make movies i think that's where it should probably come from right if you if you still have a desire to make movies and to tell stories, then then make movies and tell stories. I don't think there's a, a magic number or a magic age, you know. Um, I think Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood, I think that feels like an old man Tarantino movie. And like I said in our review, that's not a diss. Um, I love Quentin Tarantino, man, but I think I think this quote's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so we might yeah, disagree. You know, I,
1: I, I agree with you because at the same time, like it's completely arbitrary. Like it's a completely like oh, ten films. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and meanwhile, he's, he does have all of these, not necessarily loose ends, but things that he's said over the years, like, I want to do this, I want to do that, oh, there's rumors that he's involved in this, like, and some of this is good shit, Yeah, you
0: know? It would suck if that 11th movie or that 11th idea came up, you know? And he's yeah. like, nope, gotta stick to my guns, I have 10. <laughs> you why know? It's like, thing, fuck that. It
1: it's it. just bullshit. It's just, it's just a made-up fucking, oh, 10. Why? 10, you know? And, and frankly, he's already at 10. He's already go, going through fucking loopholes to be like, so we'll kill Bill is one film. Well, either kill Bill is one film or Death uh, Deathloop doesn't count.
0: Yeah, exactly. A
1: grindhouse thing. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, he's probably going to stick to that, too. He seems like one of those guys that will just you know, he he'll do what he says. You know, just
1: to be a dick. Exactly. I was
0: listening to an interview with Brad Pitt and he's like, you know, Brad Pitt was like, you know, you you guys have those friends, you know, that, you know, when they say something, they they mean it. It's like, I know Tarantino. And when he says 10, you know, there's a lot of articles, a lot of interviews, a lot of people saying there's no way he's going to stick to 10. He'll probably do 11, 12, whatever, you know, and he's like, no, I know Tarantino. When he says 10, it means 10, (laughs) you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all, you know, comes together at the end of the day. Uh, but he also brought up Death Proof in that quote, man. Do you think that's his worst movie?
1: You know what, man? So first of all, I like Death Proof. Yeah, I, don't, so do I. I don't, think it's a fucking masterpiece. But I think you have to think about what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is, it is very. It's a grindhouse double feature next to a a, a zombie movie with a where a girl gets her leg cut off with a machine gun. It's like it's like replaced with a machine gun, and then it's the double feature to that where a guy, a stuntman, kills girls with his car. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not supposed to be inglorious bastards. It's not supposed to be... Po- I mean, and, and if it were, if it were, you had Planet Terror and then fucking, you know, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It would be fucking ridiculous. That's not what it's <laughs> supposed to be.
0: You know what? I don't you think know? Death Proof is a masterpiece either, but dude, every time I watch Death Proof, it grows on me. You know, yeah. it's, it's Tarantino's version of a slasher flick, you know, um, instead yeah. of, instead of a knife, like Michael Myers used, you know, the stuntman uses a car. You have the girls, you have the whole setup of a, of an eighties slasher flick, you know? Um, yeah, yeah I do. I love, I actually love death proof. It's probably set somewhere in the middle of my list, but, uh, I think I would probably go, I don't know, gun to my dick, man. I'd probably go hateful eight, maybe worst movie. What about you?
1: I, I would agree. Yeah. You I have no so? desire to watch hateful eight more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas every other film, even I'm not a huge I, I like I like scenes I like elements of Inglorious Bastards and I like talking about Inglorious Bastards but I don't love watching it yeah um but like uh, you know but even even there like I would rather watch Death Proof than a fair number of them honestly like
0: yeah honestly anyway I'm looking at another quote right now um I'll just skim the article but basically it says that. uh. You know, Tarantino said he's thinking about stepping away from directing movies um, that uh, he won't be finished creating, though. You know, he wants to become a man of letters, Okay, is what this article (laughs) says, you know, uh, which sounds awesome, (laughs) a man of letters, Uh, you know. So anyway, he uh, he wants to write. He wants to write plays, novels. He wants to write TV shows. Um, He's even uh, talked about maybe even directing a miniseries. So it looks like he's still going to be active. He'll just be finished, you know, with uh, with movies. Which oh, I think yeah. is a which is a nice segue in tonight's conversation. The unmade films of Quentin Tarantino. Um, I think we can agree on one thing, Nate. And I think that is that Tarantino likes to talk, doesn't he? Yo, he
1: certainly <laughs> likes to fucking run his mouth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, since as long as I can remember, he's talked about making all kinds of movies, and then those movies get curbed, and he moves on to other projects. So, Nate, let's play a little game tonight, man. It's called business suits. You're familiar with okay. that game, right?
1: Oh, I love business suits. Yeah, I think I played business suits on my very first episode, my
0: AV assemble. (laughs) I love this game, man. We will put on the suits, (laughs) and we will play the role of the studio system. We'll play the role of Tarantino's agent. We are God, okay? We get to map out the next 15 years of Tarantino. So I think 15, I think he's 56 now. He'd be like 71 at that point. So that's younger than Scorsese and uh, and Miller, all right, when they made Wolf of Wall (laughs) Street and Fury Road. So sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, a few rules, though, all right? So here's the rules for tonight's business suits. I'm going to list some movies that Tarantino has talked about directing in the past. Uh, We have to decide what happens to that project, all right? Will it be his 10th film, novel, will it be a play, a miniseries, a hard pass, or other, okay? Okay. Um, Rule number two, we can't make Tarantino do anything that uh, he doesn't want to do, right? So we can't make up our own movie. All right, we can uh, we have to create something out of the movies that he's mentioned in the past. All right? And he says he's finished after 10, so we only get one last movie. All right? Right. And rule number 3, we can purchase one and only one of each other's proposed projects. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Like if you come up yeah. with an awesome di- idea as a business suit, I can buy that project. Okay. All, yeah. right? All right. Okay. So there's no order here. So let's start with uh, Killer Crow. All right. This was going to be a prequel to Inglorious Bastards um, and involved Aldo Reyne in Italy with a troop of black soldiers. Uh, Basically, a bunch of black troops get fucked over by the American military and then they kind of go apeshit. All right. Uh, I was doing some reading on that today. And Tarantino said I was going to do it as a miniseries and that was going to be one of the big storylines. When I decided to try to turn it into a movie, you know, that was a section I had to take out to help tame my material. Um, I have most of that written. It's ready to go. I just have to write the second half of it. And then Tarantino said he has at least four or five stories through the '50s and '60s uh, with these characters. So I think that's with uh, the Crows and the Bastards. All right. So what are you going to do with Killer Crow, Nate?
1: Oh man. So of of the off projects, you know what I mean, like where you're taking a character from one of the from one of the movies and sort of expanding on it. Aldo Rain's probably the one I want the most. You know, having said that, I, I mean, if you, if you really, if you unpack it, right, and it's like, because I've heard that Killer Crow's kind of meant to be like the Django Bastards trilogy. Yeah,
0: I've heard that, something like, like that, yeah.
1: That it's, I don't know. So you've got this group of black soldiers who are kind of tricked by the government to go on this, like, Apache war path across Europe and kill white soldiers and stuff. And, like, as much as I want more Aldo Rain stuff, like, to be honest, it's, it just feels a little, like, I feel like I've, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't ever want Tarantino to, like, retread old ground. Like, I feel like, I feel like I've seen this already. Like, I've seen fucking Hateful Eight, I've seen Django, I've seen, you know, plenty of plenty of films where, like, black dudes are just beating the shit out of white guys, and, like, it's, it's enjoyable, <laughs> but, like, I just feel, you know what I mean, you, you, you hear things, there's some things on this list. They're like, you, you hear it. And it's like, that is, it's just maybe too Tarantino. <laughs> or, uh, or, or, or it's, it's, it's cool, but I, but you've already kind of done it. I don't know that I necessarily need that story.
0: So you passing then?
1: I would personally probably pass on Killer Crow.
0: Okay. So this is the, the first project that we're going to differ on a little bit here. Uh, right. So so Tarantino said he was uh, initially going to turn this um, into a mini series. So I'm sticking with that idea. All right. So did you notice that Hateful Eight just dropped on Netflix?
1: Yeah. And it's in like, is it's in two parts, is that?
0: Uh, actually, four episodes with added oh, footage. and okay. Yeah, they, uh, uh, I, I think it's four hours long now. <laughs> okay. So oh, it's like, Jesus yeah, exactly. Okay. It's uh yeah. I don't know if that's going to, that's not going to help Hateful Eight. Any you spent like
1: two hours in the carriage. <laughs>
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <a> real time travel. <laughs>
0: But uh, supposedly he's going to do the same thing when uh, Hollywood releases. Uh, and I think Netflix... Okay. So, I don't know. Netflix is the testing ground here for, I think, Tarantino's first streaming event. You know, okay. I would I would make Killer Crow Tarantino's first miniseries after he retires. Five or okay. six episodes uh, connected to Inglorious Bastards. Um, get Brad Pitt back. He's worked with Netflix in the past, you know? Um, I know
1: Brad really wants... And Brad really liked Aldo.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. I mean,
1: I think it's one of those things where you hear him talk about being involved in that project and he's like, you know, Tarantino didn't just come to me and say like, okay, here's your lines. Here's your character. It's like, you know, pages and pages of like backstory, you know, you know, they never even, they never even kind of go into like how he gets the scar on his neck, burn on his neck and shit, you know, like, yeah, I I, was like, shit, I'll I want to come back and just do this
0: right now you know? yep yep so i i bring back uh, brad pitt connected to inglorious bastards you know show us how he got the scar on his neck um i think that sounds like a solid plan to me man and it would be tarantino's um uh fucked up band of brothers <laughs> you know yeah. and uh, i think there's a market for that i think that's that's something i would want to watch so um you gonna buy that nate you got pass on that.
1: You you may have you may have sold me on the on the miniseries. <laughs> All you right, may well, have sold me on like a Netflix miniseries. I w- hold, I want to see what else you got. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <I make> any- <laughs> All right. Next up, um, Quentin Tarantino has uh, recently hired a writer for Django Zorro. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's gonna be a movie, hopefully, based on the comic book. Uh, the comic was written by Tarantino. It was released by uh, Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics. Um, I actually have it in front of me right now. It's a fun read. Have you ever read it?
1: No, but I know that you really... We've talked about it before because I know I know you're really into it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much a sequel to Django Unchained. So the story takes place years after the events of that movie. Um, here's a quick plot synopsis. Uh, Django is still a bounty hunter, and since there's a warrant on his head back east, he has ma- uh, he's mainly been plying his trade in the western states. Um, he safely settles his wife near Chicago. He takes to the road once again, uh, sending her funds whenever he completes a job. It's by sheer chance that he encounters the aged and sophisticated Diego de la vega aka zaro and it's not long before django becomes diego's bodyguard and joins him on a mission to free the local indigenous people from slavery all right so that's kind of the, that's the plot of uh, django and zaro so i'll start this one real quick man um i want another tarantino robert rodriguez joint all right oh, I, yeah, I would, yeah, I would yeah. like one because they've, they've been working together for years man with from dusk dawn you know planet Terror. Um, death proof. Um, I, they even worked together, uh, a little bit in uh, four rooms. You know, they each had a segment in four rooms. So I want another Tarantino Robert Rodriguez joint. And I think this could be it, man. Uh, Tarantino rebooted the Django franchise. So I want him to kind of oversee the script. And then Robert Rodriguez can direct. Maybe bring back, uh, Antonio Banderas, man. Or, or get some new blood. Like, uh, fuck, uh, get, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. That'd be so fucking awesome. And then, um, you know, I'd like to continue the story of Django, so this is a no-brainer for me. Um, if not Robert Rodriguez, then you know, you know, pick your director, whatever. True Romance is proof that another director can make a great Tarantino movie. Right. So, what are you doing with Django, Zaro, Nate? I'm pretty much having Tarantino produce and oversee the script.
1: I would be fine with that, honestly. Like, I would be fine if you just continued it with the co- in the comic book form. Okay. Like, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan. I'm cool with like, hey, it's a movie. And then we, then it becomes a comic series. But when it, when it's a movie, and then it's a comic series, and then we're gonna go, then it's gonna be another movie that continues off the comic series. Like, I I don't love that just from a usability standpoint, and getting people, you know, getting people into it. Like, oh yeah, like well, there's a comic book you gotta read if you want to know how, you know, what happened in between. But you know, yeah, this is, you know, um, you know, eh. I, I, am fine with it staying in comic book form. Honestly. See, I Although think, the Robert Rodriguez, like if ex, if you executive produce Robert Rodriguez, uh, maybe directs, I, 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 that's definitely interesting.
0: Cause like, dude, check this out. A Robert Rodriguez, Zorro movie. Oh yeah. That sounds fucking sick. And I think just, uh, bringing back Zorro, you know, would be fresh at this point. Oh, Absolutely. And I, th- yeah. I think pe- I think the audiences would eat up uh, another Django movie, so I think that's a no brainer for me. So I'm going to go Robert Rodriguez directing and then Tarantino uh, producing and writing. Okay. So you're go you're sticking with like a just graphic novel. You're going to do another sequel. I would
1: keep, uh, yeah. I'm going to continue that in story. Fact, there's a lot of other things. There are a lot of other things that he wants to do, like uh, the John Brown biopic, uh, or I would say for the Forty Lashes, last one, those sort of things. I would I would honestly tie that into the graphic novel. Okay. You know what I mean? Where, like, Django encounters those characters and, you know, uh, hilarity ensues.
0: Okay. Right. I'll I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, Let's talk about Double V Vega. Okay. All right. So every Tarantino fan knows that Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs and Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction are brothers, right? Right. Okay. So Tarantino has been talking about Double V Vega, man, for, again, as long as I can remember. Um, Initially, it was going to take place during Vincent's time in Amsterdam, and then, um, I think it was in 2010, Michael Madsen was still talking about uh, Double V Vega, kind of a different idea. He said that, uh, I'd be Vic's, Vic Vega's twin brother, Travolta would be Vincent's twin brother, and we're both on a flight from Los Angeles. Having just been released from prison, and neither one of us know that we're the twin brother of the one, and we're both on our way back to LA to avenge the death of our brothers. <laughs> okay.
1: That's fucking
0: stupid. <laughs> that sounds like some crazy Brian De Palma shit. <laughs> so what what are you doing with Double V Vega?
1: I don't mind. Okay. So like I, I've heard Tarantino. Tarantino, I think, was initially really excited about this. And then, but later on, he, he was like, he's like, I had a name for it. You know, like uh, I've got you know a rough outline, but it never went beyond that. But basically it was like it was going to take place in Amsterdam. Um, and then you know, uh, Vince Vincent's in
0: Amsterdam, right? And he's running the club for uh Marcellus Wallace. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, think that's, I, mean, that's, I think
1: that's what he says he was doing in Amsterdam. And then Vic comes to visit for the weekend, and then you know, hilarity ensues, right? Like that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the plot, right? Um, you know, it's hard to do it live action, I think, at this point, because, yeah. oh, you're not going to get Madsen and, and Travolta to come back to play characters exactly years younger.
0: Well, hey, we got that uh, that Marvel de aging, Nate.
1: <laughs> I know, but it's like, <laughs> first of all, and, and also, I just, I'll be honest, I don't know that I want a Madsen starring role. I uh-huh. just, you know what I mean? Um, a little bit of Madsen goes a long way, even even when Tarantino directs.
0: Yeah, um, I tell you what, though, man, uh, John Travolta and John Travolta and Michael Madsen as brothers seems perfect, though, doesn't it? In a movie,
1: it, it does. I want to see more of it, but you know what? I would be. I don't want them to recast them. Yeah, I, that would be. I just that would just be weird. I don't want them to recast them. And I don't. I don't think it's feasible necessarily to get them to come back. Um, so I don't know, man. I would continue it. Probably is a graphic novel. I would. It would be a, a comic, or it would be a novel. Okay. I'm interested. I'm interested in the story, 100. percent. I just the logistics of making it happen live action. I just don't. I just I don't see it happening.
0: Okay. All right. What would I do with this? I would. I, I think I agree. I think it's uh, too late in the game for this movie. It could still work mm-hmm. if these brothers just got out of prison. Like I'm talking 2019, 2020, right? All these mm-hmm. years later, and they've already known about their brothers dying in the nineties, you know. But they just got out of prison, and they just kind of like accidentally run e- into each other. And yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna pass. You know, no, no. You know what? However, I think I would. Re- I would read the shit out of this novel.
1: Yeah, like I'm interested in the story. I don't. I you know I don't think that again. I don't think if you released it, I don't think enough people give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but you know in in a in a in a printed format uh a graphic novel or a book like i yeah i for sure read
0: it yeah he said he wanted to do novels i'm going to do i'm going to do a novel man i can actually you can see the title right double v vega with like a cheap yeah, yeah. dime store cover you know i think that'd be <laughs> badass so as a business suit i think i'm going to want to kind of rekindle some classic tarantino magic you know especially like 5 years down the road 6 years down the road I'm going to make this Tarantino's first novel after retirement. I think okay. that's what I'm going to do. Maybe sometime after his first miniseries, my uh, critically acclaimed Killer Crow on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go novel. Double V. Vega. Okay. All right. Um, next up. Let's see. Let's uh, let's clump the next two together because uh, that's, so this is how I want to see them in a miniseries. Maybe Netflix or something. I'm going to clump Modesty Blaze and the Berlin Game Trilogy together. Yeah,
1: so that's you have to look, exactly what I did as well. Oh, uh, did you really? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay,
0: so just to catch everybody up that's listening, um, there's been talk about a modesty blaze uh, since Vincent Vega was just, you know, reading her book on the crapper in Pulp Fiction. Remember that scene? Yeah. Yeah, and then Max Cherry was reading uh, the Berlin novel in Jackie Brown. Yeah. So we're going to bring this all full full circle. Uh, So to break all this down, Modesty is pretty much an action-adventure spy series. You know, it has a strong female lead. Uh, So I'm going to combine that with the Berlin Game Trilogy. Um, I just pulled up a a quote from Tarantino. He said, I love England. You know, it would be a wonderful life experience to have an excuse to work here for six or nine months. Uh, One of the things I am musing about doing is a trilogy of books, Berlin Game, Mexico Set, and London Match. Uh, He Mm -hmm. then says, the story takes place in the Cold War and follows a spy named Bernard Sampson. It has really great characters and uh, the wonderful opportunities of British and German casting, which, man, can you just imagine Tarantino having fun with the casting there? Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: But then he goes on to say that he wants uh, Simon Pegg to play Bernard Sampson. I would love a Tarantino spy series, dude, with Simon Pegg. I mean, come on, dude, that'd be awesome. Combine all these books together. I think, for a miniseries. Go get Christoph Waltz, man. Give us some original, you know, casting, uh, British and German casting. Um, I think this would be fucking amazing. And Tarantino was uh, interested at one point in directing Casino Royale and Man from Uncle. I think he's perfect for this, man. This would be fucking brilliant, man. And then Bernard Sampson sounds like a Tarantino character. It's, uh, you know, connecting him back to Elmore Leonard, man. Um, So that's where I'm going. I'm going to do my second miniseries.
1: That's exactly, yeah. I have produced miniseries, you know, guest direct. Um, yeah, I think mean, yeah, you combine elements uh, with with Modesty Blaze, man. Like, it was surprising going through this list and just seeing all of the spy stuff that Tarantino has talked about. You know, like, the, you know, not Modesty Blaze, the Berlin game, but also, like you said, like with the, uh, he wants to do Casino Royale. Yeah. I, and, and I think he said he wanted he wanted to bring back Pierce Brosnan. I would eat that shit up. Dude,
0: I suppose <laughs> he was going to film it in black and white and all kinds yeah. of shit. Dude, yeah. tell me how much, how, tell me how cool that would have been.
1: Oh, I, I, would, I would fucking eat that up, dude. <laughs> Supposedly,
0: that's why they made Casino Royale, because he wanted to make it and got people talking, and they're like, well, fuck, we should do Casino Royale. And then they, you know, brought in uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I think that sounds perfect, though, don't you? I think Modesty Blaze, we might have to play with the timeline a little bit and maybe have uh, have it get absorbed into Berlin trilogy. But with the yeah, strong female
1: adaptation, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, but to, yeah, yeah, and to have like a, the strong female character, you know, uh, with with Bernard Samson and uh, having Tarant so cause Tarantino's already done you know westerns and you know war movies and all kinds of uh, kung fu flicks, man. Like I think if I could do another movie, I would incorporate this somehow. So where this was his tenth film, like I already have my tenth picked out. But mm-hmm. I think, dude, a Tarantino spy movie, or even a miniseries, sounds fantastic, doesn't it?
1: I think so too, man,
0: yeah. So you're going to clump them all together then?
1: That's what I would do for sure. Okay,
0: awesome, awesome. Uh, Let's clump some other properties together. Um, Tarantino has dropped multiple comic book characters, you know, um, names in the past, The Shadow, Luke Cage, uh, Green Lantern, uh, multiple others. Uh, So what's your thoughts on Tarantino doing a comic book project?
1: I don't mind it, although the stuff that I've heard, a lot lot of the stuff that I've heard like with Luke Cage, I don't know that I've heard him say necessarily that he wanted to do it it just just that like i heard him he was critical of of the netflix adaptation because i think if you take luke cage out of the 70s it just it just fucks with him you know what i mean like he was like you know look when you've got luke cage you know marvel actually did a pretty decent job of making like a black split black exploitation themed sort of character. You know, he's like, go back to like issue number one and adapt to that, you know, yeah. like Luke Cage, hero for hire. Like and I think he's like, you know, if I would do it, I would I would do that. And it, my only problem with that is that like I just feel like he's already done the black exploitation thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the same thing I said with like the the uh killer crow thing. Like I've already seen him do it. And frankly I loved I love Jackie Brown. <laughs> so like it's like, I've already maybe seen you do this and probably do it better. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I don't need a superhero film necessarily from Tarantino.
0: Yeah, you know what? That spy series keeps on sounding more and more enticing. You know, just because it was... a spi- spy
1: series, yeah, cause it's, because it's fresh. It's fresh it's for just, him, yeah. It's, just, it's, not, it's not Nazis. It's not
0: uh, racial tensions. Yeah.
1: It's not necessarily all feet. You know, it's, you know... It's spy shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Um,
1: I will say though, we, with the the shadow, right? Uh-huh. Like he, you know, he wants to, and then with the poll we did, it was quite popular. The he wants to do 1930s gangster type shit. Yeah. And you could certainly do a 1930s gangster type shit with the shadow, and that could be pretty cool. And it's it's pulpy and it's stylishly violent. And like I, I could be cool with that.
0: So, uh, like, how what would you do with a shadow? Then would you make a a mini series, or are you going to make that your tenth film?
1: I certainly wouldn't make it the film. Okay. Um, I suppose miniseries. I, because I think I think that writing it out as a, a graphic novel maybe seems like the obvious choice, but the mini series I don't think I don't think the stylish kind of violence that you that you see or that you recognize from Tarantino necessarily translates well into a graphic novel where you kind of tend to expect those things yeah so I don't, I don't know I feel like it maybe has to be a film thing but I don't know I could be wrong
0: I tell you what though man if he had you know multiple films left in him and he was gonna do like 13 you know I'm gonna stop mm-hmm. at 13 um dude a shadow movie would be fucking sick man
1: it would be cool and he, he wants to be um the, is it Lucio Fulci uh, yeah the psychic yeah He's always wanted to do that, right? And it's about this girl who sort of foresees murders and solves this puts, puts crimes together. Like the shadow has psychic fucking powers. like you could you could still pay homage to the psychic. give you could, it could be that same the same kind of plot, but it's the shadow. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So uh, you're thinking maybe like the shadow uh, with a uh, Lucio felucci spin to it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that sounds I sick mean. as fuck, man. Like a like a mo- I mean, yeah. like a movie then, like a like a seventies shadow or like thirty shadow.
1: No, it would be thirties. Okay. Uh, I, w- I would still want it to be like a real pulpy thirties thing, but again, it's not that I don't. I think the movie sounds cool, but I don't.
0: But you get one more fucking movie from Tarantino. Uh huh. Yeah. You yeah.
1: know what I mean? And it, I don't know if that's the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that does sound badass though. So if you had, if you could do it, you would do miniseries then. I guess it would have to be directed yeah. by Tarantino, right? Not giving it to someone yeah. else to do.
1: I would want it directed by Tarantino. Okay, yeah. Okay,
0: so miniseries right yeah. now. Out of all the ones that you've said, um, I'll see what else you're going to say later. But I'm gonna—I would purchase that one. Okay. Yeah, a, a shadow with uh, some, you know, homage to Lucio Fulci, dude. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. So, for me, as a business suit, I have too many original properties. I want Tarantino to make. Um, and the comic book industry is, is pretty healthy at this point. Like, what do they do? Yeah. 100, 100 comic book movies a year? Much, yeah. <laughs> so, I would, however, influence Tarantino to write a few graphic novels. You know, I, I love it when other creators tackle comic book characters. I, I've been reading, you know, Kevin Smith's Daredevil, um, Green Hornet, Green Arrow, and those are all great books. I would love to see Tarantino mess around in this sandbox. You know, whatever comics he wants to write, I'm in full support of as a business suit. Um, man, like The Shadow or Green Hornet written by Tarantino, 70s exploitation, blax, Luke Cage, graphic novels, fuck yeah. So, if he wants to do three, four, five of these fucking things in a 15 year span, I'm completely happy with uh, let's just throw out Shadow, Green Hornet, Luke Cage, and fuck. Maybe The Phantom. You know? Something pulpy. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, I think that'd be great. So I would go, uh, cause we, you know, we already have Django Zaro in trade paperback. So let's add a few more, uh, cool titles so that, yeah, I would, any comic stuff he wants to do, sky's the limit for me in, in graphic, <laughs> graphic, uh, graphic novels. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, Tarantino has also talked about doing a horror movie in the past, right? He's talked about yeah. Friday the 13th saying he'd make the ultimate Jason Voorhees movie. And he's talked about doing a remake of, you know, Lucio Felucci's The Psychic, which we just talked about. So you said you kind of wanted to incorporate the psychic with the shadow. So what are you doing with um, Friday the 13th?
1: I'll be honest. So, okay. So first, so first of all, let's just address kind of what he, what he said. My understanding is that people said, uh, you know, he, he was have to do this. My understanding is that in an interview, he said New Line approached him to do a Jason movie. And he's like, look, I like Jason, but I'm, I, I don't want to direct the Jason movie. Hmm. But I think if you can convince him as a businessman, as, yeah. as a suit, if you can convince him that, that that's a project worth pursuing, that would be the 10th film.
0: Oh, that'd be fucking amazing. Wouldn't
1: it? it yeah. I think you have to convince <laughs> him that, that, because I think, you know, you and I both, I think so. When I was growing up, I was a big Freddy fan, and we did that Freddy versus Jason marathon. And I, I went into it really shitting on Jason because I was just I didn't like him as a kid. But I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I think we both kind of agree that like the best Jason movie hasn't been made yet.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think the best. Yeah, I agree with that. But if we had to pick one, I think we both agree that Never Hike Alone should be in that conversation.
1: I, I absolutely think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, to to think of, you know, if you do a, if you do a, geez, man, if you do a fucking Friday the 13th movie, you've got, you've got stylish violence, you've got, you know, old school cinema, you've got overt sexuality, lots of women's feet, you know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of fucking Tarantino there to work with. But if you can't get, if you can't get him, if you can't convince him that that's the one, I would just say pass. Yeah. Just fucking, just fucking pass because, you know, I, I don't know what else I would want him to do with it.
0: Yeah, this is, this was a really hard one for me, man, because, yeah, I think he could direct the shit out of a,
1: uh,
0: so out of a Jason My only movie. My concern is that
1: it's fucking Madsen under the mask.
0: Yeah, that's funny. You know what I mean? You can just fucking imagine it. Michael, <laughs> Michael Madsen, Madsen is Jason Voorhees. That's fucking one. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. For me, if he had another movie in him, okay, if he had an 11th movie, um, a straight horror movie would be my 11th film, film from Quentin Tarantino. <clears> All right, that would be my number 11. But the only reason I'm going to pass on a horror film being his his 10th his, his film is because we already have Death Proof. Which is yeah. a Tarantino slasher. Okay? So in his own way, he's already done horror. And I want something a little bit you know, I want something fresh for his tenth film, you know? Yeah. And we have From Dust Till Dawn, which again, he worked with Robert Rodriguez on that. So and a seven a seventies Italian psychological horror joint from Tarantino, that would be legit too. Um Man, goddamn, this was a really hard one because I would love a Friday the 13th movie. But at this point, you know, the rights are all over the place and I'm a business suit. So I have to think about that. And even if the rights get completely ironed out, like, say, in the next five years, you know, we just talked about Never Hike Alone. The fans have been making great films on their own. You know, it kind of reminds me of talking about the comic book movies. You know, it's like comic book movies are in a good spot right now. You know, um, Jason Voorhees is in a good spot right now when talking, you know, from 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 a fan perspective. Um they're they're making some good shit. So I hate to say it, but I'm going to pass on Jason Voorhees. Um okay. actually, you know what? Let this be his third or fourth graphic novel. Actually, I think I have four graphic novels right now, um five including Django. Um make this his fifth or sixth graphic novel just because I'm very curious what a Jason Voorhees story looks like, you know, from the mind of Tarantino. Because mm-hmm. if there's one horror icon I would like Tarantino to touch, it's Jason Voorhees. I think um, so too, yeah, yeah the psychic would be cool, uh, with a screenplay, bl- a screenplay by Tarantino, maybe producing and then maybe, um, Eli Roth directing. What do you think of that? Mm, I don't
1: know. I don't know about that. You lost me Eli Roth.
0: Okay. Cause here's the thing. Like it always goes back to, there's and you, you like natural born killers, right? Okay, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't have a a big opinion. I remember liking it back in the day. But you know how Quentin Tarantino kind of disowns Natural Born Killers? Yeah. But he, you know, True true Romance, you know, he's a big fan of. Um, I think that you can find a director to make a Tarantino movie. I'm not saying Eli Roth is the guy, but, man, we could still get that Tarantino flavor with the psychic if he just oversees it, produces and then let someone else direct. You know, kind of like the the Django Zaro. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. Well, I
1: don't disagree with that. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go some other director taking the psychic, um, him overseeing the project, and then I'm going to go Jason Voorhees' um, graphic novel. Okay. 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 Um, all right, next up, softcore porn, Nathan. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> so, so like, like, look, okay, so he had said... I, I think I have a quote from him about okay. this, right? Where he was, um... First of all, he was like, you know, oh, so if I actually did you know, an erotic movie, I'm gonna have to reveal what I find sexy. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, what turns me on. And, like, <laughs> look... Every, if you've seen a Tarantino film, you know what turns him on. It's, it's a fucking... Yeah. Every single movie is just, like, women's feet up in the camera. Like... I was a Death Proof, is, is nothing but like long shots <laughs> of Mary Elizabeth Winstead's feet. Like, that's fucking all it is. Like, um, I don't, I mean, <laughs> pass. I don't need it. I think it's creepy enough as it yeah. is.
0: Like, <laughs> he said, uh, I have a quote from him. He said, The reason his films don't have sex is because he's too much of a gentleman to ask young ladies to disrobe. He said, If I were to write a, a real sex film, the actresses would have to be down with it. Like, those great, trampy actresses from Italy and Germany in the 70s. (laughs) He's like, where they just go, roll the camera, motherfucker. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh... So, come on, Nathan. What, you don't want a kinky, cinematic, like, sex movie from Tarantino? Not really. Okay, let me see if I... Hey, let me see if you want to buy this, all right? Maybe bring back, uh... You know, because you know how he resurrects careers? You know, like, John DeVolte in Pulp Fiction? Maybe we get old man Michael Douglas, right? getting uh, uh, getting his... You
1: think Michael Douglas is gonna <laughs> fuck somebody on screen?
0: Maybe get old man Michael Douglas, man, getting his fuck on in like a steamy Tarantino sex thriller? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with a hard pass myself. <laughs> but like you said, I think he's got an eye for sex, you know? Like you said, you brought up oh, Death Proof. He
1: has an eye for sex. I just,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he films actresses in a very sexy light, but yeah, I don't need a Tarantino sex movie, you know? We got... I got too much other stuff going on as a suit. <laughs> yeah. you mean? I mean, sure, I'd beat off to it, um, but I already, I already have body of evidence, man. So. <laughs> I already have body of evidence, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hard, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. All right, I'm going to clump the... Go ahead.
1: No, go I, no, I,
0: ahead. Okay, so I'm going to clump the next two together, okay? Because, again, I want these two to coexist in a miniseries, all right? You kind of took this theme out of it earlier for me. Um, but first off, A John Brown biopic all right okay so fill me out on this all right in 2009 Tarantino said you know there's uh there's one biopic that I'd be interested in but it would probably be one of the last movies I ever make Uh, my favorite hero in American history is John Brown he's my favorite American who ever lived he's basically single-handedly started the road to end slavery and the fact that he killed people to do it you know he decided if we start spilling white blood then they're going to you know, start getting the idea. All right. So I want mm-hmm. that John Brown biopic, I want that idea to coincide with, what do you think? 40, yep. 40, 40 Lashes Last One. It's a Western novel written by Elmore Leonard, uh, who also wrote Jackie Brown. And I think Jackie Brown turned out amazing, so I, I think that kind of uh, reigns Tarantino in a little bit. And uh, just to give everybody a quick plot synopsis here, um, that's about... And, and again, we have kind of seen this before, all right? So I, I feel you on that. But it's about two prisoners and an Apache and a black soldier. Uh, they're given a chance to be set free if they can hunt down and kill the five worst outlaws in the West. I think that sounds fun, though, all right? I think that it sounds, sounds
1: like money. fun, dude. It's just like so Tarantino. Yeah, it is.
0: It is, and it's, I, I think that sounds fun. Um, I think all of that. All right, the John Brown and the uh, Forty Lashes last one. I think all of that would make for an interesting miniseries set around, because all that's, I think, Civil War. I'm not for sure, for sure about uh, Forty Lashes. I know John Brown is. Um, I think that would just make a third, a great third miniseries for Tarantino in his 10 to 15 years. So that'd be my third and last miniseries. It'd be Killer Crow, uh, Modesty, and the Berlin Trilogy, and then John Brown and Forty Lashes kind of mixed together. Um, so let me, let me sell it to you like this, all right? I'm gonna package it to you like this. Mm -hmm. Think Django meets Deadwood meets Hateful Eight meets The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So you have this huge, so you have this huge. Imagine what that is. You have this huge Western because you like in Hateful Eight they talk about going to Red Rock, but you never see Red Rock. Like maybe this is our chance to see like red, uh, red rock, you know, red rock is uh, our deadwood here. You know, maybe you get a yeah. uh, Django popping up in, in an episode, you know um, maybe you get to see uh, a few of the hateful eight, you get the good, the bad and the ugly, you get John Brown, you get the uh, the characters from, uh, you know, 40 lashes. Um, I think Tarantino would just have a fucking blast in a six, eight episode mini series on Netflix, man. I think that would be so much fun.
1: I don't, so as I, I, I would stand by, I still think that I would roll it into the, the Django Zorro graphic novel. Okay. You know what I mean? Where like you have all these characters who exist in a kind of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type of way, <laughs> you know, like they're all, they're all from their own separate universes, but they exist in the same universe yeah. and they, you know, occasionally team up.
0: Because I think we That'd have too cool much, that. I think we'll have too much going on for a Django Zorro movie that... I don't think we could incorporate all of this into that. So this mm. would just create a whole world, like a, a whole West world, if you would, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that would just be so much fun to, to play in that world with Tarantino. So, yeah, I
1: think it's, I mean, I, th- those are the two that I would I would mix together for sure. I, I, would, I would want them to be, like you said, I would want them to be, to occupy the same universe, right? You know, where like occasionally Django pops in or something. You know, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can get on board. I, I'm not sure how I fall on that.
0: So, do you have any plans for these two stories? Then you're just gonna pass it up, or? Uh, uh,
1: well, like I said, I, no. I mean, if like because I said before, like I, I want Django Zoro to remain graphic novel form. You can uh-huh. continue the story there. Obviously, they don't stay together forever. You know what I mean, Django. Yeah, yeah. Continue, you, you follow, it follows Django primarily. You know what I mean, uh, and then his sort of. He, him meeting up with John Brown, him meeting up with the characters from Forty Lashes. Um, I would be cool with that. It, it all exists. That's how I would want to play it. You get all of those same characters and those same themes in one series of, of graphic novels.
0: Okay. So, all right, before we get into the two big ones,
1: all right, Kill
0: Bill Volume 3 and Star Trek, are <laughs> there any projects um, that you've heard him talk about that you'd like to see him work on and, you know, in some capacity? Anything you want to add? Not really. I mean, I've heard, you know, like the Russ Myers shit, like the faster pussycat kill, kill. Yeah.
1: uh, Like that kind of stuff. I think I think that sounds cool. It sounds just super Tarantino. Not only does it sound super Tarantino, but it also it feels a little bit like just like Kill Bill or like uh, not not Kill Bill, but the uh, the Deadly Viper assassination squad type shit that. We've all, I don't know, I've already seen it. I don't, yeah. I don't need that again. Um, and then we already touched base on the Casino Royale thing. I think, I think the Casino Royale thing would be fucking gold.
0: Oh, gold.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think after after this point here, we're going to be purchasing each other's ideas, okay? Because mm-hmm. we're going to go into Kill Bill Volume Three and into Star Trek. So for me, I'm purchasing your uh, this shadow. And the Lucia Felucci mix-up uh, mini-series okay. movie—I don't give a fuck what that is. I think that sounds amazing. Set in the '30s, um, dude—a Lucia Felucci shadow. Like, mm. I just like the ring of that. That yeah, sounds amazing. So I'm gonna purchase that as a suit. Anything that you're purchasing in mind then?
1: Yeah, so for sure, I would definitely purchase. Looking back on it, it's easily my favorite. It was the first one, the uh, the Killer Crow uh aldo rain sort of prequel netflix miniseries
0: okay that's gonna go platinum
1: 100%, dude. that's the one that most interests me
0: <laughs> okay um so let's talk about this man kill bill volume three all right so tarantino has constantly talked about a third movie fuck he just talked to uma thurman uh what yeah. was it like last week <laughs> we don't know what that conversation was about but what do you want from kill bill three anything everything I want
1: any and any and all things associated with Kill Bill Volume
0: Three. Yeah. So, what are you doing with this?
1: This is the movie.
0: This is your movie. I mean,
1: this, is, this is the movie, man. Yeah, this, is this is number is the ten. One that you ended on.
0: Right on. This is your number ten. Okay. So, what, what does this movie look like?
1: So, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, man. But I, and I think it's the it's the obvious setup, right? We've we've already sort of talked about. Um, you've got you know Nikki wants revenge for the death of Vernita Green so she trains with l who's now this, this blind swordsman she survives bud's camper you know she's not killed by the snake um maybe um who's the oh who what what's her name i'll lose track of her name the, the uh the lawyer sophie
0: yeah yeah she gets her arm cut off sophie's probably still around as Dude, a, as that'd a be mentor so good. as well
1: um you know and they you know they raise they raise Nikki. To, you know, get, to
0: get revenge. Well, Sophie would probably bribe. get all of Bill's money, right?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah.
0: I think so, yeah. Do, that would be so, I'm, okay, so I'm, I love that idea, okay? Um, I can't purchase that, though, because that's your movie, all right? That's your number 10. I already have a 10, okay? Mm-hmm. So I can't purchase that, but that, dude, I am all about that. That sounds amazing. And if you really do think about it, I think a three is warranted. You know, because I think, so too, I, think yeah. I think Nikki deserves her revenge every bit as much as the bride deserved hers in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2.
1: Yeah, oh no, 100%. I mean, you know, like, it's just, it just in examining it, right? Like, so Bill talks about how in that final sh- confrontation, you're like, you know, Bill says he, he, like, overreacts, you know, to sort of being abandoned and lied to. But, like, he's a killer. You know, he's a cold-hearted, fucking bastard murderer and he took revenge on B for uh, you know for attempting to or, you know by attempting to, to kill her you know right like B does the exact same thing in return you know what i mean like you know in a sense like she she maybe thinks later on hey maybe i overreacted you know what i mean like i didn't because she clearly loves bill at the end i mean they have a very tearful and like heartfelt yeah you know sort of end you know and it, it is her you know the father of her child you know what I mean so th- there's got to be a big hole in her life and so like I, I think you know she probably re- regrets it you know uh, Nikki comes back I would I would say even probably kills probably kills B and then BB BB avenges her mother
0: right yeah
1: I think yeah. that's then that, that, that closes it out
0: yeah I think that sounds great man um this was another hard one for me because um, look look you know it, dude. Kill Bill is my favorite Tarantino film. All right, mm-hmm. um, yeah, me too. yeah, favorite Tarantino film. Uh, there's a part of me that wants a third film, and then there's another part of me that says, "Let's leave it alone." All right, because I, I started thinking I about yeah, because I yeah. started thinking about you know like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I started thinking about uh, the prequel Star Wars movies, you know, and and then we you know something we've been talking about all night is it just as cool as that would be, okay? I've seen Kill Bill 1 and 2. He's touched the kung fu genre. You know, he's touched the war yeah, yeah. the war movies he's touched, you know, westerns. So for my 10th film, like I want something different. Like as much as this sounds badass, I would probably rather go with the spy movie, you know? Just because yeah. when you look at the 10, you know, it it it's something different. Um so as much as I want this film, I'm going to have to pass. So here's what I'm going to do. All right? I'm going to pass on the 10th film, but I'm going to push for Tarantino to do his one and only manga. Okay. Okay, so, because Kill Bill is just a celebration of martial arts, and it has the, you know, sure. a celebration of anime. Uh, since he's uh, only doing one more movie, and I have plans for that one movie, he's going to complete his Kill Bill trilogy with a manga. Because, you know, check that if it sucks, it's easy to ignore, right? Yeah. And I'd yeah. like to see what his story is there. Um, if it's awesome, great. I'll put it on the fucking bookshelf and I'll I'll read it every time I watch Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Uh, so that's that's what I'm gonna do. I will add though. I would watch the shit out of Kill Bill. 3. <laughs> all right. I would probably beat off to it because it would be amazing balls. All right. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Star Trek. All right. Uh, Tarantino is a fan of two classic episodes. All right, City on the Edge of Forever, and Yesterday's Enterprise. Are you familiar with either one of those episodes?
1: i familiar with both of them,
0: yeah. Okay, okay. So, so what's your opinion on those episodes, real quick?
1: So, well, first of all, Sitting on the Edge of Forever is, I think, I think widely sort of regarded as one of the best original series Star Trek films, but it's also, I think a lot of people consider it just some of the best tel- classic television. It's a, it's a great episode. Um, and I do think that it's probably right up Tarantino's alley. You got fucking... You got Nazis, you got fucking, you know, drugged out McCoy, you've got fucking, you know, uh, I, yeah, there's a lot, you've got some, some weird racial shit tension going on. Um, I think it's, I think it works. You know what I mean? Um, I think, uh, yesterday's enterprise, I, I would say it's one of, it's not my, it's not nearly my favorite next generation episode, but it's it's considered one of the better next generation episodes and, and it deals with similar things. It also deals with time travel, uh, deals with a, a war with the, uh, Klingons and kind of being in a hopeless situation and how, you know, uh, the enterprise of one timeline has to sacrifice itself sort of heroically to prove itself to the, uh, Klingons, you know, just to that That's actually what starts peace. Um,
0: could you, could know, you combine those if... two?
1: I think you could find a, well, it'd be hard to combine them because they're different, they're different, you know what I mean? Yeah, just by theme
0: Uh, and and story and plot. Could you, could you kind of make it all that uh, work?
1: Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, once you open up time time travel, right, you could do anything anything at that point.
0: Yeah. And City on the Edge of Forever is in the 1930s, right? Correct. Okay. So, oh, I'm all about this. All right. So a screenplay already exists. All right. Paramount and JJ love Tarantino's story. So, I know it's not your 10th, but what are you doing with this and you're a hardcore Trekkie?
1: Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to pass. <laughs> like, it's not it's not that I it, it's uh, tre- Trekkies are fucking dicks, dude. Like it's it's like I mean, you just get so upset and I, I'm, I I understand like I'm not necessarily like this, but like People are just fucking dicks about, like, they'll argue about any little fucking thing about a uniform or the design of a fucking ship not being, like, accurate to what it was supposed to be, and, like, I just don't want people to tear apart shit for no good fucking reason. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah, I also just think, like, if you're gonna do a time travel thing where you go into the 1930s, you know I mean? I, I think it's a great television episode. I think if you're going to do that as a movie, you know what I mean? It's like you could have done, it doesn't have to be Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you could have, if you want a 1930s movie, then make a fucking 1930s movie. Don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know that it's necessary.
0: I love um, what he said too. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said there's so many Star Trek episodes, the classic ones that would make great movies. They were just, uh, you know, since they were TV and so long ago. They had no budget. They had no budget and, and they were, they were short. You know, so it's like, man, let's uh, let's let's build these up and, and do something exciting with them.
1: Well, I know, I know he considers uh, Shatner. Now, no, this is what fucking excites me. He is, is uh he considers Shatner like kind of his key into the series, right? Yeah. So you think about like revitalizing Shat, like you know, you know what I mean? How we how we love uh, Tarantino bringing people back. Yeah. Oh. Bring back fucking Shatner, because <laughs> Shatner got a fucking. Uh, Kirk got a, a really anticlimactic death yeah. in uh generations. And I would love for that to be somehow retconned by time travel. And then, you know, he goes back in the past. You don't even necessarily have to go to the nineteen thirties. He could go back and save his son from when he dies in undiscovered country. Oh
0: my god
1: changes oh. things, and, like, you know, that that could be really interesting.
0: And William Shatner under the direction of Tarantino, dude. The fucker's 89, though, I think, 86,
1: something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's, I know he's so fucking salty about not being invited to, like, the fucking Kelvinverse
0: shit. I know, <laughs> and I think this would, uh, that so would fix that. Yeah, I, dude. So I'm going, so what are you doing with this? So overall, what are you doing?
1: Oh, man, I... I just, I, I feel like it's the same way that you worry about um, Kill Bill. How uh-huh. it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to, I do want to see <laughs> this, but I just don't want it to be bad. So you're know you just, I mean? you just
0: gonna uh, pass on this and get uh, into, into the shadows probably, too? You
1: really convince me? <laughs> um, you'd have to fucking really convince me, because. I don't want to see fucking Madsen, I don't want to see Madsen playing Scotty or some shit, you know what I mean? Dude, you
0: don't want to see uh, Samuel Jackson playing a fucking Klingon?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I do, but I don't like, I want to see it for like a, I want to see it for like a Saturday Night Live skit or yeah. something, you know what
0: I mean? I don't <laughs> No, I feel you on that, dude, but you know what I'm doing? I'm going yeah. Pulp Fiction in space, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. This is my 10th Tarantino film, all right? I, all right. Yeah, look, man. I really want him to make a science fiction movie, and and I want him to do a 30s gangster movie, all right? Yeah. I want that so bad. So I want his big screen career to end in the 1930s with Tommy Guns. And with fucking Nazis. And, and dude, I think that sounds fucking amazing. I want it to end with William Shatner directing William Shatner on the big screen. Okay? Give him his swan song. And, uh, you know what's really curious, too, is uh, Tarantino does not like CGI. So that means more practical sets and, you know, uh, uh, fucking working with models. And, dude, I... This sounds amazing to me. All right? So I get the 1930s. I get practical effects. I get science fiction. So I get something new from Tarantino, and I get something old with like '30s gangster shit. If that's what he's gonna do, okay. Right. Um, so I, I did, get. Like,
1: look, don't get me wrong. Like, it, I feel like if you're gonna, if you, if he can nail it, uh-huh. it could be fucking next level amazing. It could be pantheon. Like, I, if, if he can nail it, I want it more than almost anything.
0: Yeah, it could. If I he just nails worry it,
1: so much about it. If
0: he nails it, it could be pantheon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it could, and if he's gonna work with uh, Chris Pine. And the, the, yeah. uh, the entire cast of uh, the new Star Trek, which I think is a brilliant cast, you know, and he gets to work with Simon Pegg. And then there's talks about bringing uh, Chris Hemsworth back because time travel. Right. Can well, you imagine Chris Hemsworth thing. and Chris Pine yeah. and Simon Pegg all in ni- 1930s fucking Chicago or 19. 19- He's also talked about doing like a 1930s Australian movie. Say they go to fucking Australia instead of, mm-hmm. you know, you know what dude, it The sky's the limits with this, man. I think this is ugh, this is fucking amazing to me. and if you're going out you might as well go big guaranteed to be his best opening don't you think?
1: (sighs) you you think it would be it would open better than Kill Bill 3?
0: yeah I think so like you look at I know this is a fucking when was Kill Bill made?
1: uh I don't have
0: I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I so it's been what it's almost ten years, isn't it? It's it
1: would be ten years probably. I was I was gonna say two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah,
0: so I know we got some time here, but Kill Bill One and Two didn't even clear four hundred million. Okay. Okay. Hollywood hasn't even made a hundred million and that's with DiCaprio and with Brad Pitt. I think it's like at uh fuck, I wanna say eighty nine, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, it hasn't even cleared $100 million. Star Trek Beyond made 400 by itself, and that's after everyone hated on uh, Into the Darkness. All right. Okay? okay? So you put Tarantino, Star Trek, rated R, getting everybody, because that's going to get everybody talking. Okay? Yeah. And there's no bad press. Even if you agree or disagree with that, people are going to go see it. And, and People would go see it. And yeah. it's his 10th film. And it's Star Trek, produced by Abrams fuck, you're looking at six, seven, it could make a billion dollars, man. It could, <laughs> I it could, know, man. it could make Maybe. a, it, but yeah. it's, it's definitely going to be as biggest as opening ever for sure. No it doubt in my mind. It's
1: going opening ever yet.
0: So if you, uh, if you're going to go out like that, cause he doesn't want to make, uh, you know, those, those shitty movies, <laughs> it could still suck. <laughs> right. But man, if you're going to go out, you might as well say, man, I went out with my highest uh, grossing movie, you know? Yeah, might as well have that on your resume. Um, So there's a part of me that, you know, wants to end on an original, you know, complete original, like Kill Bill three. But I'll be happy if Star Trek is his 10th film. And I'm not even a Trekkie, dude. This would turn me into a fucking Trekkie. You know, (laughs) like you're the Trekkie and I'm the big Star Wars guy. But this, you know, this could be money. It sounds different. It sounds fun. It sounds fresh. It's it's old Tarantino, new Tarantino. And on top of it all, dude, I think this is the shot in the arm okay that trek needs right now it does need some help on the big screen anyway i think they're going to be doing pretty good like picard looks pretty good you know um you know the tv show there but on the big screen i wasn't a big fan of beyond i wasn't a big fan of into the shadows i love star Trek 2009 you know it's like tarantino embracing this franchise (sighs) that's where i'm going
1: Uh, yeah so i turn you yet you get you you have uh you have my attention
0: (laughs) all right so you're still sticking with kill bill three
1: man i probably i probably would but i mean you know what you i mean you i would be fine with star trek like don't get me wrong like i'm i am
0: you can only pick one i
1: I do want that so fucking
0: bad you can only pick one
1: if I had to pick one, I'm picking Kill
0: Bill. Okay, and I'm going but Star Trek. It, but Star
1: Trek, Star Trek is an option.
0: Who won the poll? I don't have the poll in front of me.
1: Uh, it was Kill Bill. Kill Bill. It was Kill Bill by a lot.
0: Okay, uh, and I think Jason did really well in that poll.
1: It was second. Yeah. That's and that's Star awesome. Star
0: Trek was third. Yeah, Star Trek was third. Yeah, that was a pretty good poll. So, all right, Nate, man. Any final comments?
1: No, I don't think so, man. That was fun.
0: Yeah, you know what? Real quick, man. Are there any actors you want to see Tarantino work with, regardless of the project?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I just want to see I want to see Tim, Tim Roth come back. You know what I mean? He's done he's done a little bit here and there. And I know he shot scenes for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that got cut. But, man, I, I can't get enough Tim Roth.
0: You know, I love seeing when he uh, resurrects careers, you know. Um, I yeah. just I just watched Pulp Fiction last night. And, God damn, dude, John Travolta is so good in <laughs> Pulp Fiction. I'm not saying I want to see John Travolta back because we already got that. Uh, Mark Forster or is it Mark Forrester, I think, and Jackie Brown? Uh, no, I no, that's his
1: fuck... name, yeah.
0: Is that his name? I can't. Anyway, whoever played uh, Max Cherry. Max, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I can't think of his name right now. Mark Forster. I think that's the fucking director of Finding Neverland. What the fuck do I know? I don't
1: know, man, but Max. I got Max Cherry. Yeah, Max Cherry. <laughs> yeah,
0: but Max Cherry. Um, no, I love seeing Pam Greer and Jackie Brown, right? I love seeing new yeah. faces, new names. So I would love for Tarantino to work with Tom Hanks. Like a okay. 30s gangster movie, and he's the fucking, like, the, the gangster. Okay. I would love to see that. Um dude, I would like Nick Cage. Dude, I would love Nick Cage in a Tarantino yeah. movie. Um Kevin Costner in a fucking Tarantino oh, western.
1: Kevin Costner would be fucking sick.
0: Dude, he could be in my 40 lashes uh John Brown biopic. Yeah. Be fucking amazing. Um I do who is the
1: who is the fucking who's the oh fuck. Who's the guy in Django? That's this the, the slave the slave owner. Oh, he shows um, up, like, Fucking what's his name? Don Johnson? Don Johnson, yeah, I fucking, I just get a kick out of that scene every dude,
0: time I watch I, it. Dude, I just watched that last night, too. That was fucking, I love Don Johnson. Anything Don Johnson's in. Um, he should be in more shit, dude. Um, Kevin Costner, yeah. though, I would like to see Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise under uh, underneath uh, Tarantino. That would be great. Yeah. Um, dude, Jeff Fahey. <laughs> you know I love that fucking guy, man. Um, John, John. I can't even see his name. Jean G. Gidard- Jardine. <laughs> I think that's a okay. some, some French actor that I love. Jean De Jardine. There you go. I had to do it with like a, my shitty accent. Um, Will Smith. I always wanted Will Smith after Django because uh, you know, Will Smith was in the running for Django and then he got uh, yeah. you know Jamie Foxx. I would love to see what a Will Smith Tarantino movie looks like.
1: I love to see Tarantino uh, team up with like Jeff Bridges.
0: Dude, Jeff Bridges I and Kevin Costner, Jeff Bridges, Kevin Costner, and Tom Hanks, all brothers in a gangster movie. <laughs> How you buy that? Yo, yeah. <laughs> dude, oh yeah, dude. Patrick, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Would that be money? Patrick Stewart hey, and well,
1: Ben. Be money. Yeah. Patrick
0: Stewart and Ben Kingsley as like <laughs> fucking rival, fucking gang members, like in or uh, Godfathers, you know, in a 30s gangster <laughs> movie, dude. Oh my yeah. god, Eddie Murphy oh man! Yeah. Oh my god so yeah dude that's why i don't want tarantino to go man there's so oh, many just, like,
1: yeah there's so much there
0: still there's so much more there man put these fuckers in a put ben kingsley in that spy movie that i want with simon pegg you know mm, yeah uh, all right man well let's shut this motherfucker down all right <laughs> where can video land find you nate
1: uh you can find me on facebook man where the uh conversation begins and ends <laughs> all
0: right man you can find <laughs> us on adventuresinvideoland.com we are on On Instagram. Have you been there? I have. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's (laughs) trip. (laughs) Yeah, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You stole my thunder. (laughs) You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people live long and prosper, motherfuckers.